Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera. Aunque te resistas. Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación, afuera. Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social, afuera. Ministerio de Educación, Adoctrinamiento, afuera. Ministerio de Transporte, afuera. Ministerio de Salud, afuera. Ministerio de Desarrollo Social, afuera. Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! Things are going to start happening to me now. You've done all the reading. You're a scholar. You're a professor. You've done all the reading. You've done the intellectual heavy lifting. Carlos, he shouldn't die. You wouldn't know a fact if it begged you all night long. Want to like, um, you know, give the wrong impression because I am, I I am very high. Could wrap it up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah, care. I'm a libertarian. What I'm getting is. Did why? you vote for Joe Jorgensen or Trump? Who? That's Joe the, Jorgensen. That was the perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> that was... And welcome everybody to the Libertarian Podcast Review. We've got a special one today. We're going to talk about. Is he a dead man? Javier Malay? No, he's live. For now, people are saying some. Some people out there are saying he's a CIA plant. We're going to talk to you about him today. I've got an expert, I think. I think we call him an expert. Uh, Chris Baker of the Fountainhead Podcast. But before we do that, I just want you to know, one thing you can do to help support this show is buy, go to foxandsons.com. They have coffee. And with that coffee, you just put up their promo code REVIEW, and you get tw- uh, 15% off orders of 25 or more. I get all my coffee from them. You should, too. And uh, now let's get right into it. It's add Chris in here, Chris Baker from the Fountainhead Podcast, and he's an author. How are you yes. doing, Chris? Welcome. It's the Fountainhead Forum, but yes, thank you. Sorry, it's right. Yeah, how, how are you, Tyler? Yeah, it's uh, nice to talk to you here. Yeah, you too. So uh, before we get going too far, I want to know a few things. One is your involvement in uh, where your pol- politics are. I assume you're somewhat libertarian. Give us your brand of libertarianism. And then why are you so interested in Malay? Do you have some sort of connection with South America? Do you speak Spanish? We'll go that. So maybe start with the first part and then we'll go to the next part. Well, I, I think I've always been a libertarian. Uh, I mean, I was uh, uh, I was 17 in 1988. I probably shouldn't have said that because that gives away <laughs> my age. But I, I, I would have voted for Ron Paul if I could have. Uh, I did know about Ron Paul and this was before the internet. So, uh, I was very, so then I discovered, you know, discovered book catalogs. Uh, you know, this was when, how you, how you did it back then. You just, you got on book catalogs and got on mailing lists and got these book catalogs. And then I went to, believe it or not, started with Loom Panics Unlimited, discovered Laissez-Faire Books, Liberty Tree. Uh, and, and then the first, and really the first time I went out and connected was a seminar at the Foundation for Economic Education. Uh, there were still a lot of really old school people there at the time. Uh, wonderful, you know, like Bettina Bien Graves and Ed Opitz, uh, wonderful people had been there since the fifties. I, I can even, I can even say that while I never met him, I did get a phone call from Carl Hess once. Uh, wow. Sorry. I, sorry. I didn't meet him, but yeah, uh, I got into Ayn Rand uh, in 92. I 
went went around to some other seminars. Uh, I interned at Liberty Magazine for six months uh, from '96 to '97. I I've sometimes said that was the happiest six months of my life. I've been I've been active with the Libertarian Party since the mid '90s as well. Uh, although sometimes I'm more active than others. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't, I was involved, you know, I, I did do some block walking for Ron Paul in, you know, in 2008, 2012 and saw how that worked. So uh, I, I won't say that Ron Paul really had any impact on my thinking, but I, I certainly supported him and uh, you know, other books like the road to serfdom by Hayek and, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I'm here now and I, I started going to the Liberty International Conference in 2019. I went to Anarcho-Polco in 2018. So I started to become a little more international in my, in my libertarian thinking. And that's, uh, I like South America, uh, believe it or not. I first visited South America in Peru. I have never been to Argentina. I'm mm. not fluent in Spanish, which is one caveat. I've made sure that everybody that comes on my show has been fluent in Spanish to discuss me like, so it's really, uh, you know, that's just where we are. And, you know, it, uh, I, I thought, you know, it's, it's often said, did you learn from, you know, you learn more from failure than you learn from your win success. But I think, I think that reverses itself when you have so much failure and so few wins, you have to try to learn from the wins. And <laughs> yeah. this is, this is a win and we need to examine this and study it as much as we possibly can. Because this is, especially with the last three years, uh, it's been a very dark time for liberty, and 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 it's nice to see a, a bright light come out like this. And and the other thing too, Tyler, it's easy to get people to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I say, hey, you want to come on my show and talk about Melee? I mean, almost all of them say yes. They're excited. It's I mean, they're enthusiastic. They want to talk about this. So, so yeah. let's get into, uh, first of all, what brought you kind of t uh, him to your attention? Okay. You said you're an international, so maybe you're just much more acutely aware. I mean, I saw him, I didn't know anything about it until he won like the first round of the primary. I think it was the, they did th a primary, a primary, and then the yeah. final, and you could talk to us about that, but it, did you know about him prior to that? And where had you been doing any, um, any shows about him previously? Uh, no, I, I did see a show that was done by Olga Maria, who's also known as Latina Libertarian. Yeah. I've had her on twice. So, uh, and, and she, she was talking to a guy who works, uh, you know, volunteers with the Melee campaign. But then after, as soon as the news hit, I think there was like, oh my goodness, this, this could really happen. And, the, and then I just really did a, you know, binge podcasting. It's funny, but I think you learn things in spurts, you know, you, get start binging and i found you know there are a, a lot of people out there who do know more about them than i do uh you know uh, and then i found some people who work at various organizations who know about them i uh talked to jorge truco who went to anarcho polco in 2015 who knows about him uh jorge translated the market for liberty by morris and linda Tannehill into spanish and he gave that to Mile, and that apparently turned Mile anarcho-capitalist interesting uh, uh, I'm I'm also learning that there is a uh, very much a, a Spanish tradition of liberalism that I was not aware of, uh, even going back to say the School of Salamanca and some other other uh, writers. I don't know what really happened to that tradition, but it it, it is there. Uh, some one of Mille's influences a, a guy named Alberto Benegas Lynch. Uh, 
another, uh, you know, economist from South America. There's also a uh, Jesus, uh, one, another one of Mele's teachers is Jesus uh, Huerta de Soto. I mean, these are some other people have influenced Mele. As far as I don't think Mele knows English, so he's still not really accessing those sources, but he's accessing, you know, the, the Spanish people and, and the translations. So. So, so Phoenix uh, chimes in here, primary, general, and runoff. Okay, so that's, I, I don't yeah. know. Those are the things I'm finding out about. So I appreciate any any kind of thing. What, what the, 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 the language barrier is fascinating to me, other than uh, only because he's become so popular uh, in the right wing and, or, or, or our English speaking media in a sense, without yes. that ability to communicate um, you know, in English, I mean, he does a Tucker Carlson interview and it's, it's for me, I watch a lot of stuff while I'm doing other things. And so that one was difficult because I had to pay attention to, <laughs> to the, yeah. the, the, the transcript. Uh, but with that in mind, he comes across and I played that video at the open there where he's, you know, throwing things, his, uh, what he does say translates even, uh, on TikTok and those things of like, you know, no good, you're out and those kind of things. Um, so why don't you start here by by giving us a little bit of a backdrop of because there's going to be people, uh, friends and, and rather than the people that are watching it now, it says libertarian podcast review. You may not really know much more about libertarianism than just what you kind of hear, which, by the way, is an interesting uh, aspect of some of the criticism or acceptance. Some of the neocon right wingers are all excited. Uh, Michael Knowles, as an example, he's like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yet he's gone on. He's from Daily Wire. He's gone on and, and explicitly talked about how libertarians have driven uh, the right wing into a hole and they're the responsible party for this. So it's, it's interesting to see these little dichotomies here, but can you explain, uh, Miele's politics as you see him, he describes himself as an ANCAP. So maybe just give a description of what in your understanding that means and kind of where he is on that libertarian spectrum. Well, he, he, he has dogs named Murray and Milton for Murray Rothbard and Milton Friedman. So, uh, it seems as though he basically wants to go in and cut everything. Uh, I've been told he's mostly a non-interventionist uh, and he also wants to, uh, and somebody else also said that he recommended Lysander Spooner's vices are not crimes. So uh, I, I, you know, I, I still don't know all of his positions, uh, but he's definitely in favor of cutting uh, a lot of things. I mean, I mean, anybody, anybody who wants to cover, cut the government by about 80%, I would say is a libertarian, you know, it's a, you know, it's, and he sees a lot of the problems there and, uh, and, and, and he's done. And I mean, you know, I've really been trying to figure out what is he doing that other people haven't done? Uh, you know, there was another guy, Jose Luis Espert, uh, who ran four years ago and he got like, like one or 2% of the vote. And I'm, I'm finding that, uh, number one, he has a cool factor about him. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's made himself really cool to the public. So that makes it cool to go out and vote for him. So he's, I mean, he's, his votes for with under 30 is he's doing very well with voters under 30. And I think that probably also comes from the fact that he was uh, in a rock band and also an athlete. So that's, so that's made him cool. So maybe we need to, we need to get candidates, you know, who were in rock bands and athletes. Uh, right, right. I mean, the best uh, and, we were possibly yeah. having was a, a Dave yeah. Smith, uh, a comedian podcaster, but I don't know that Dave yeah. Smith, uh, you know, I think Kane, uh, you know, Glenn Jacobs or, yeah. And, and, you know, although he hates the LP, uh, Mark Pellegrino, the actor, I think would be yeah. very good because he's, well, he's more an creator. objectivist. Yeah. He's, yeah. I know. He's actually, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, so there's, there's definitely, there are definitely some, we, he's definitely got a personality that I think that works, uh, 
not knowing everything of all the nuances. And, you know, apparently he got on a talk show and he started getting invited onto more and more talk shows. So people were seeing him more and more. And then he decided to translate that into politics. Uh, so it's a, you know, I haven't watched it from day one. I've only talked to people who watched it from, from the beginning. And some, some of these people have known him for a long time. So it's, very interesting. Uh, I, I do found it find it fascinating how he, you know, you see this all the time in politics. Oh, you've got to kind of water down your thinking. Don't be so strident. You're going to push people out. And he is the most strident, uh, you know, about what calling the lefties, all kinds of names, socialists, doesn't care. And, and he goes for it like that. Uh, and sometimes that makes your, your vision, um, like you said, some people can be, or I said, some people can be scared of that, but for me, it's, it's almost like, oh, he's got principles. And so maybe that's part of that thing that you could take from there. But with that in mind, I think it's a lot of this is to do with how bad Argentina is currently. Yeah. Can you give us a state of where the, uh, what the economy is? Cause to me, it's like, that's everything right now. It's just, the economy is everything. We don't really care about some of your other issues. I mean, some people may, and they try to scare, but for the most part, oh, and by the way, right, question on this, um, you, you talked about the young voters. Is it mandatory voting in uh, Argentina? Is it voluntary vote? You know, some countries have mandatory voting. I don't uh, know I, if there's anything. I like think that. it I think it is mandatory voting. Another interesting thing was the socialists lowered the voting age to 16 mm. and uh, thinking that younger voters would be socialists. And this is blown yeah. up in their faces. Uh, it's that's fascinating. It's very funny. Uh, as far as the conditions, I mean, I've recently seen videos of a uh, you know, people lining up for gas. Uh, a, a lot of things are, people are already transacting a lot in dollars, like they're buying cars with dollars, buying real estate with dollars. Uh, at one point, I believe, uh, you know, it, the, the Argentine peso was uh, at one point equal to the dollar. And now it's about a thousand. I think that was 20 years ago, but it's been a while. And, you know, I've, I've even looked at, you know, at their peso versus the Mexican peso and the and, you know, it's doing just badly against the Mexican peso. So <laughs> that gives you an idea. I mean, it's even getting to a point where, you know, people are going to Bolivia and buying things from Bolivia and bringing them across. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, when Tucker came to do his interview, uh, they, they asked Tucker all kinds of questions because it's like, you know, why are you bringing all this equipment in here? And Tucker try, and apparently, you know, they tried to tell him we're just bringing this stuff in here temporarily. You know, they were going to try to, you know, hit him with tariffs or something. It was a. Uh, uh, it's very hard to, apparently very hard to start a business. You've got to, uh, you know, got to go through all these local red tape and other things. Uh, it's also very, there's also very much a divide, I think, between the, the area around Buenos Aires and, and the rest of the country. Uh, there, there are definitely a lot of issues there. And it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, go back 120 years, it was one of the richest countries in the world. Uh, what, what has been their political structure uh, over the years? Um, I know Perón was like a, 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 a cry for me, Argentina and, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, but what is it, what has it been since then? Or even, you know, what's, is it been mostly socialist? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, apparently, you know, one, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he caught, he, he cop and modeled a lot of things after the American constitution. This was in the late 1800s. And, and Argentina did very well. And uh, Perón take, took over in 1946. You know, there was a worldwide depression. Uh, there was, and there, or per, Perón came to power. I mean, actually, he was in power before that. Uh, 
Perón, you know, Perón was actually friends with the, uh, you know, the Nazis and the fascists and a yeah. lot of, uh, well, he was president from 46 to 55, but, you know, there were other, uh, he was very popular and, you know, Argentina became a haven for a lot of Nazis who got out. Uh, and, and that was, a, you know, led to some, and he was a general and that led to some uh, implementing, a, you know, some socialist policies, but maybe more like the fascists, uh, more, more dedicated to work, but more corporatism. It's, it's, I still not really sure what, you know, what Peronism is. And, uh, there have been cases where Peron goes out of power and some ifs as people left power. Uh, one of the guys who was running against Melee, his father was actually exiled, uh, when Peron went out of power. Uh, and then he came back. So, and, and then of course there was a, a lot of fighting back in the seventies, almost kind of a civil war. Uh, Patricia Bullrich was a, a terrorist back in the seventies. And she was the, the third place person who actually endorsed me after the, after the uh, second election. So that was rather interesting. And, uh, and then it's been, and then now they've had what they call Kirchnerism, which is a variant of Peronism, but just lots of government programs, lots of government spending, but, uh, maybe not quite it, but I, I think it's more, you know, more, maybe more of a trick, not it's communism, but adopted to, you know, the Hispanics political structure. It's definitely a, a, a pretty corrupt system though. I mean, Mele often talks about the cast and, uh, you know, there was a, a chant at, at the end of the third debate that started La Casta Tiena Miedo, which is the cast has fear. Hmm. So, so you're talking about corruption, you know, uh, my only yeah. real experience with some of this in South America, you go to Mexico and, you know, things are just a little bit different. Get, yeah. Maybe, maybe you could just uh, give a police officer a little bit of money and, uh, you know, your ticket is, is washed away or whatever. Maybe that's a stereotype too. Is that kind of what it's like down there? Cause that's, this could be somewhat troublesome to overcome. Uh, but, um, and, it, and I take it, as you said, um, economics is the biggest thing. Is crime a problem as well? Uh, I think yeah, from what I hear, crime is a problem. You know, uh, you're, uh, you know, you don't want people to know that you have a lot of dollars on you. You might get robbed. It's, uh, have, I don't know how much, you know, there is of bribing cops like there is in Mexico. I mean, I've been to Mexico and I've never really felt like I was in danger. It's a uh, really hard to analyze where that, so I can't really say for sure what, you know, what all the issues are. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of bureaucracy though, uh, you know, I, I talked to one guy who made the mistake of bringing, of going out and bringing back two laptops and they actually taxed him on the second laptop, even though he, mm. even though they were both his. So there's a lot of that. Uh, so it's a different kind of theft rather than stealing it. They're like, well, you know what? We're yeah. just going to tax you. We're going to tear you to death. It's hard to start businesses. I mean, I've heard stories of people who lost, you know, who lost everything due to the Peron, the Peron, the Peronistas. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's and and people are and you know when you have this inflation, that's just really the the ultimate form of a tax. I mean, when you because yeah. people can't save and they can't, you know, you can't, you know, you have to buy things with all cash immediately and stuff like that. It's there's no loans, there's no room for growth. So let's talk about the election real quick. And I've got a bunch of good questions. I promise. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the election. Who is he running against? And where were their politics? And and and, yeah. and kind of interesting, you know. That I mean, the main thing is, I mean, uh, we're not really 
they're not battling a culture war necessarily when your inflation is 147%, right? That's the the, yeah. the the thing you can talk to everybody about is the is the economics. What were the other party's solutions, um, or if, if you know that, but who else was he running against and, and kind of where were their politics? Well, uh, well, after, after you know, there, it's a very wide open systems, but after the first election in August, uh, they ended up with five people remaining. And that was Millet, uh, Sergio Massa, who was the Minister of Finance, and uh, although although the incumbent was a the incumbent did not run for re-election, gotcha. uh, there was Patricia Bullrich who had been uh, in, involved in various government positions for a while. There was a Juan Schiaretti who was the uh, governor of the province of Cordoba, who was real really probably the only one that you would call an outsider, as least far not, at least as far as not part of the Buenos Aires establishment. Uh, you know, because me, me late, I, I'm not saying me late party establishment, but he was, in, you know, in the Congress. So yeah. and then there and then there was a uh, Patricia Bregman, who uh, is an outright who was an outright communist. Uh, she, yeah, she's uh, she got one or two percent. Schiaretti got, I think, around six or seven percent. Uh, I, I have to say, watching the debates, I kind of liked him because I, I just kind of thought maybe this is a guy me late could work with because. Hmm. He was complaining about a lot of the things coming out out of Buenos Aires, and I think he was complaining about how you know, you know, federal interference in local affairs, stuff like that. The same way, you know, you'll hear governors here complain about the feds. Uh, and Bullrich uh, has an interesting background. She was a, a terrorist back in the seventies, involved the Montaneros, I believe it was, which was, and then and then she became more of a mainstream mainstream politician. Uh, I'm not really sure what her her policies were, and and Masa Masa being the minister of finance, you could kind of say that he was just for more of the same. Uh, I, I I mean, U.S. politics is similar, where you see party, yeah. especially the duopoly, where you see, let's say, yeah. Bernie Sanders and Trump, they have the same, they identify the same problem, and their yeah. solutions aren't really the same. Like like uh, school loans, or uh, you know. Uh, they don't go back to the source and the problem. So it's always the administrator yeah. that's going to, I'm going to administrate it differently. So Malay, I, I imagine with him, it's not about I'm going to manage it. It's I'm going to destroy this department. Yes. And, and it's going to let something else take over. Is that kind of the, yeah. the, the, yeah, social that's, that's the way it was. Yeah. And yeah. And, and Masa was, and Masa was the guy that me lay beat on Sunday. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was the one, the, the, the one left standing. Uh, Ma, Masa, you know, when, when, you know, when, when, First, it became the top five, and Melee was like was ahead. But then Massa in the in the second election actually ended up being ahead. And then I th it, it looks like Massa went from thirty six to about forty four, and Melee went from twenty nine or thirty to fifty five. I mean, wow. so percent. So yeah, it, it was not a close election at all, uh, which is certainly nice to see. Uh, you know, and and I've heard some talk about you know people voting twice and. Uh, doing weird things with the ballots and trying to turn the election away. But, uh, and, and Masa, for example, they decided to cut the income tax after the, when Milay was winning, said, okay, you don't have to pay oh. more income tax. They're trying, they're trying it's to bribe like the a, voters. a bribe. I, I don't think it worked. Yeah. It was pretty, uh. it, it's really nice to see uh, this happen. It's a, uh, I mean, this is, uh, I, 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 I was jokingly saying, no, I was serious. I was saying this could be the most important election in the history of the world. So what's the what's the big takeaway from uh, his election? I, I mean, personally, I'll just say I think it's not so much what, even whether he 
I mean, it'd be great to see him him do this and, and be successful. But it's it's the idea that 56 or so percentage of a country decided that his rhetoric was what they wanted. Uh, you know, I'm still not sure about that. But sometimes what I think it, it, it what I think maybe is evident here is that uh, it has to get really bad before the public is once real radical change. Yeah. Uh, I imagine, I imagine, you know, seeing what's happened with Venezuela might have influenced them. They I said, you know, because mm, yeah. they didn't want to go to the way of Venezuela and they might have even had, you know, Venezuelan immigrants go there. Uh, I, I do think the fact that it's a, more of an open voting system and more of, you know, it's it, there's not a do there's not a rigged duopoly there like there is here helps. Uh, and. And and other thing too, though, but I also think he was doing things that definitely doing some things that libertarians in America could learn from. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he would often carry carry a chainsaw around to various <laughs> yeah. uh, rallies and stuff. Uh, I'm hearing I'm hearing some you know some of our people here saying I need to start you know I need to start taking a chainsaw around you know. And in fact, one candidate said, "Yeah, somebody sent me a chainsaw chain." you know, to take to my, my events, you know, so. Uh, he, I, I could he, see the GOP doing yeah. something like that because they're not always yeah. original. So they've got, Oh, this guy were, and then they're going to be, you know, the next uh, midlife. But it, it seems like to me that he's authentically either crazy or as they say, the madman, or this is him. This is authentically him. Well, uh, you know, to a certain degree, aren't, aren't we all a little bit crazy, Tyler? I mean, right. we're, we're, you know, we're in this group, we're in this, in this, uh, you know, we're part of this movement that is, uh, I, I, that we care enough to be a part of it, but we still stick by it. And even though it's not really doing very well, you gotta, gotta be pretty dedicated to keep doing this. But I, I think it's, a, you know, a, another thing too, is, uh, the word liberal is still has its original meaning down there. Uh, I've, uh, I've said for a long time that we, I, I think we either need to reclaim the word liberal or maybe uh, call ourselves something else. In fact, I realized during one talk, I said, you know, let's call this rock star liberalism, uh, you know, to make it sound cool. And because uh, because the term classical liberal, classical liberalism is just uh, it, it's got to go. Uh, you might as well say I'm a has been liberal or I'm an antiquated liberal or or, or an old school liberal. You, you know, you're you know, it, it, it class something that's classical isn't going to be cool. It's it's old, you know. Yeah, I, I I would agree, and I I think that that name's done. I mean, it's too too well associated with uh, like a progressive. Yeah. So, and that, you're right. So if it's down there and it's still being used, yeah. and you're saying libertarian, oh, he's just well, liberal. Um, yeah. Did, well, did he call let's remember, an you know, ANCAP? did he call himself an ANCAP though down there? I I, do, I think he has called himself an ANCAP at times. You know, uh, you know, and let's remember, you know, liberty, L I B R liberal libr it's not it's not an accident that those words have the same root yeah yeah uh, yeah you know so i think he has you know i i, I talked to one guy who and he's uh, who said that mele converted him to being a libertarian he kind of laughed at it and he was in his 30s and then mele convinced him so i think he's he's really a, becoming a great ambassador you know it's a i think this is a you know, I even I even went on a Twitter poll and just started said, "Who's the greatest libertarian ever?" And I said, "Ayn Rand, Murray Roth, Roth, Murray Rothbard, or Javier Mille." I think, it, and you know, he's still got twenty. He's still got some time left too. You know, he's only in his early fifties. He could. There's still a lot of work, 
still a lot of good things he could do. Uh, you know, edu educate a new, you know, educate a couple more generations of melees would, would be awesome, you know. Yeah, it depends on how, I mean, now he's put himself out there. Like you talked about yeah. uh, Ayn Rand and Murray Rothbard. Those are philosophical, uh, yeah. doing philosophy or, or Murray was doing economics. Murray was doing economics. Murray was doing a lot of things. Well, Murray, yes. Murray History, was a machine when he came to writing. Right. He wrote but lots he did, of books wrote, he and wrote lots for, of articles. Yeah. Right, right. But my point is he didn't run for office. So yeah. this is a different type of uh, a libertarian, yeah. which is six, one, successful, <laughs> because yeah. that is not typically we have, and is in charge of, of, a, of a country. Uh, no yeah. matter what country it is, it, he is in charge of a country. But let's walk through yeah. some of his, his uh, some of the questions or, or some of the issues that people have had. Uh, start with the easy one, I imagine for you, it was for me, uh, concerns about him being part of the uh, WF, World Economic Forum. Yeah, well, uh, I've seen some a video of this and he was invited once to speak there and uh, and he spoke his mind and they never invited him back. And apparently the, the World Economic Forum puts all these people on their website, even if they were there just once. Yeah. yeah. And a matter of fact, just a note, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I think the same thing happened to him. He was on the he sued them yes. for them to remove him. So you're, you're on there. Yeah. And so but there's a lot of people that are concerned about this because there's pictures of him. I found that to, and I found a tweet, you know, you had translated where he's like, my ideas are not in line with this, uh, and it's a nice way to smear it. And a lot of libertarians are using that to, like, you know, the truth test. So yeah. that one, there you go. Um, now, when in, in imagine during the election, his his whole plan and his ideas were antithesis to the ideas of uh, the WEF. Uh, is that confirmed? Yeah, he's I mean, he's very much against the twenty thirty agenda. Yeah, all that stuff. He's come he's come out against that. Yes. Okay, bricks. What's uh, what about bricks? Well, uh, you know, BRICS, I, I think he, I, I think he probably wants to go to a free market in money, but you know, he sees, he sees dollarization as maybe a step toward that. I mean, you know, we, we often have our ideals, but we don't really have, you know, a route to get from point A to point B. And I think dollarization is a step towards stabilizing the economy. I mean, I don't think you can, uh, I mean, bit, Bitcoiners are, are generally positive about Melee and he's a, he's definitely a, Definitely uh, seems like he's pro Bitcoin. In fact, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, there was a picture of him with Nayib Bukele from El Salvador, who is, uh, you know, I sometimes call him President Bitcoin because they've made Bitcoin legal tender there. So I yeah. definitely think there's a, a good influence. He also had a list, you know, a list of some people who had, you know, sent him congratulations. And I thought that was very telling, you know, uh, people like Lasso in Ecuador, uh, Maria Karina Machado in Venezuela and Maria Karina is a major hero. I mean, she's she's not allowed to leave the country. She's putting her life on the line. American libertarians should definitely know who Maria Karina Machado is. Uh, you know, Bukele uh, even got you know positive. You know, the president of Armenia, you know, sent him a, sent him congratulations. Uh, uh, the Pope congratulated him. You know, he, he he did also. There was also you know on Twitter you know some of you know some of who some of his enemies are, and they were. Uh, the new dictator of Cuba, uh, Maduro in Venezuela, Petro in Colombia. And it's like I said, that's a good enemies list to have. You know, it's like right. now uh, there was uh, evidently, I, you know, there's all this is the problem with the language barrier thing. I, it's hard to yeah. just go to first source. But someone said, oh, he had called the pope trash or something like that. What, what's uh, what's the deal there? Any, any uh, he's, he's definitely said things about the pope. But if you look at what Pope Francis has done, I mean, he's an absolutely horrible communist. I mean. Tom Woods and Jeff Deist bash, bash the Pope all the time. Uh, you know, 
Deist called him, you know, Deist called him Argentina's worst export, the uh, ex accessorable <laughs> Francis or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's a, yeah. Well, yeah, he just, he's hosting that, trainees that, this week. So we, we yeah, <laughs> but that, you uh, know, that's definitely, that's definitely a risky thing to do because, you know, you're yeah. in, a, in a very Catholic country. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't know the context of that, but you're right. The Pope is, walks the line with kind of the communist yeah. ideas. So if you're bashing that and, and it's just yeah. one more person or a person now. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? WF bricks. Okay. So you talked about uh, central bank. My understanding is he's like, I want to just adopt the dollar. So, yeah. or use that. What are the, the ideas around that? Cause I've actually heard Mises uh, and some others um, talk about this in a positive way, which is look, we don't want to be on this on the, uh, the, with the fed either, but for where they're at, and every, you always have to take into account where Argentina's at and what are their steps to getting someplace. They're in such bad economic state that um, you know they want to do something. And I, my understanding is he doesn't want the their central bank to control it. So what's the what's the understanding there? Well, because you know the dollar is a much larger a much larger currency. You know, it's going to have less volatility. Just that, like that. You know, just the same way you know that you know, stock in Exxon is going to be less volatile than say stock in some small company. Uh, and so, so that's going to make, again, I think he just, you know, he, he, Miele sees, you know, he wants to treat the the immediate symptoms, but he wants to treat the disease. Yeah. And he realizes that inflation is a, is a, is a symptom that has to be treated immediately. And I think he sees that as a way to treat that symptom. You know, it's not, it's, it may not necessarily be what he wants long-term, but you know, that's, a, a way to, you know, a, get off of this. And, and it's been done in Ecuador. It's been done in El Salvador. So he, there are some models for this, you know, Panama, I think as well. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, also I, I don't, you know, I don't know what me, you know, as far as foreign policy is concerned, what would happen if there was, you know, a truly capitalist president in a country who, uh, who, wasn't really throwing any bones to the U.S. I mean, I think I think if he was, I'm I'm kind of surprised the U.S. hasn't invaded El Salvador really, just because of, yes. you know because of Bukele. I I don't know if they taught you know tolerate this uh, you know you know and you know get things in order and then maybe you know Argentina can go on can really you know go their go more their own way and you know it's it's not it's not a, it's not a big country it's not a really large country but it's not a small country either it's it's in the middle you know yeah. Um, so let's, let me, what else? Oh, uh, uh, social issues. What yeah. are his, uh, ideas on social issues? So I, I saw a podcast, uh, a month or so ago. It was the reason podcast. Uh, they, uh, Weiss and Mueller and, uh, I think it was Nick Gillespie and they talked to some, some people yeah. that were in the know from down there and it was a pretty good one. Uh, and yeah. they particularly are not in agreement with Malay's, uh, you know, abortion stance or whatever. But what was interesting is uh, a lot of the ANCAPs that I follow on Twitter, Daniel McAdams, as an example, just outright thinks this is a, a horrible situation for like one issue. And yet the reason types are able to overlook some of the social issues and take this guy. And I'm like, I, yeah. something's wrong here. But what are his social issues yeah. and how are those being perceived down there? I, I haven't heard, you know, he, well, you know, he, he, he for example, does want, al want to allow people to sell their organs organ transplants. I don't know how okay. that would work out. He's mentioned also that he's, I do believe he's against abortion. Uh, he's been, in, he's been a tantric, uh, apparently a tantric coach too, believe it or not. I mean, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know 
but I haven't heard him say, you know, does he favor legalized prostitution or not? And, and what, what is his stance on drugs or not? He does want, he does, he does, he does favor Argentines having guns. So yeah, there are, there are some issues I still haven't really fully gotten it. Uh, you know, I, I do think I, I can understand the concerns about foreign policy. In fact, uh, during the, the, there was a debate on October 8th, uh, you know, the day right after, you know, what happened in Israel, and five, and four of the five candidates said yes. We said you know basically yes. We love Israel. That kind of thing. Yeah. The only one who didn't say it was Patricia Bregman, who is the communist. So <laughs> I, I, one thing I've been wondering though too though, you know most of these countries don't really stick their nose into everybody's business like the U.S. does. Yeah. So I I don't know if he really is advocating for you know getting involved in various conflicts and stuff. I mean. Uh, you know, he, he, he got, he got, you know, he got a congratulatory, congratulatory message from the president of Armenia and the Armenians do not like Israel at all uh, because Israel has been helping Azerbaijan. So that was telling. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, you know, and, and I do have to wonder too, what does the Spanish media get, tell, tell, tell about talk, say when they talk about the Middle East, uh, you know, you know, to, you know, as far as I know, I, you know, I mean, if Daniel McAdams is concerned about what Mele thinks, he should probably get some of these things translated into Spanish and show them to Mele. I mean, I don't, I know, I know our anti-war movement in America is already strapped for cash to begin with, but you know, the, I, I don't know if there's, but you know, it'd be great if they'd put some stuff out in Spanish and maybe Mele would read it, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't that, know if that, the Ron thing, Paul you know. Institute, uh, if they put yeah. out their stuff in Spanish as an yeah. example, a great yeah. point. Uh, yeah. But then again, um, with that in mind, uh, yeah. first of all, Mile, it's kind of just the idea of let's start with an easy thing, which is economics. And then from there, maybe you move out to some of the non-intervention. Yeah. But what is, uh, other than the Falkland Islands a few you know years ago, what is uh, Argentina involved in as far as foreign in interests or influence? I would say nothing. I, I know he's somewhat yeah. sided with ukraine and israel yeah. but even with that in mind i don't think he is going to do anything other than lip service for that yeah i, I don't think yeah i don't think there's really anything i and you know except for the fault the, the falklands or as they call them the islas malvinas uh you know i i don't think they've really been involved in any war and you know they're, they're that actually came up during the debate with massa i think massa started and said oh my god you know why are they fighting over these little islands I mean, I mean, it was once described as two bald men fighting over a comb. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, ultimately, I, I don't think anybody really wants to live there. I mean, the British hang on to it because it's a military outpost. But yeah. if, if if they pulled out, everybody would get up and leave. And I, 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 I jokingly said on one of my shows, I said, you know, you should just let the penguins vote on it because uh, <laughs> they're because they're the only ones that really want to be there. It's, um, you know. Someone, uh, Fennec said they were in the Gulf War in the 90s. Could be. Okay. I, I, I can't confirm. Yeah. Uh, not a great look either way yeah. <laughs> with that. Yeah, you know, because a lot of these countries just, you know, they don't have a lot of money to spend on. Yeah. They don't have a lot of money to spend on the military. And as far as I know, too, that, you know, does Boeing have a have a factory there? Does Lockheed Martin have a factory there? I don't really know. It's a, you know. I, I would even be yeah. suspicious that perhaps the, uh, the U.S. would be like, hey, you send a few guys over, we're going to uh, pay you uh, to be yeah. doing this or, or give you some munition or something yeah. to make it worth your while. I could I could see something like yeah. that. But even then, what's what's really happening? And I, I know there was a horrible war with Paraguay, maybe in the late 1800s or something that where uh, it was literally was it 
maybe it was a bunch of countries ganged up on Paraguay and it really, uh, and it was really a horrible war because because these countries are so much larger than Paraguay, but uh, it wiped out like a, a very significant portion of the male population. But yeah, so, but yeah, so there's about, been, oh, go ahead. I think, I think, you know, I think because all the countries down there are at least most of them speak the same language, there really haven't been a lot of wars in South America. If there's yeah, any or, war, if there's any fighting, really, it's still, uh, you know, among the, digi- the the descendants of the Europeans versus the indigenous. And I don't know if Ar- I don't know if Argentina has much of an indigenous population left. Hmm. You know, they say when uh, when goods cross yeah. borders, you know, guns yeah. don't. Right. Uh, yes. So what is the trade situation with Argentina and its bordering countries uh, or with the world? Do you know? Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, they, they ex- apparently they export meat. They have some resources. That's not really something I'm. You know, obviously they have, they have, I mean, they have one of the longest borders in the world with Chile and, and they have, uh, I think it's the third longest border in the world. And of course they have a border with Brazil. They have Uruguay and Paraguay. So uh, I don't really know what their relations are. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, obviously you can't just isolate yourself, you know, and uh, none, none of the, a lot of the countries in South America don't really, you know, aren't really that involved in the the world you know trade with the world so i I really don't know the answers to this though i'm sorry no that's fine Uh, what about same idea though what what's Millet's idea for you talked about people bringing stuff in getting taxed heavily um maybe with him kind of the excitement and the focus of the world down there if you could remove some of these barriers you might start getting a lot of um you know tourism as as, as a gorgeous country my my brother-in-law grew up there till he was age 12 um still has gone back a few times so yeah Oh yeah, it is a gorgeous country. Yeah. And, and you know, it's got, it's still, it's still a very, and it's a pretty big country by land area. There's a lot of open space there, although a lot of it's very cold and nobody really wants to go there, but it's, you know, they, they, they certainly have a lot of, uh, you know, beef and, you know, meat and, you know, they've generally been, I, yeah. So I, I definitely think he'll try to get rid of some of these uh, agencies. I don't, you know, I don't know what order he's going to go in. I think he's going to try to, you know, you know, remove all the remove all the barriers to you know starting businesses it's very hard to start a business there as they like to call them the you know the smes the small and medium enterprises you know the uh and and just let people start you know start business and of course get the currency stabilized he's already said he's already mentioned some agencies that are going to go uh so yeah, I heard him uh, yeah. something about the uh, Ministry of Gender or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when so, does he officially take office? Has he taken office? Uh, uh, that's December tenth. Uh, okay, so they office. they have a little bit of time to try to kill him. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. He's and, and I've seen people say he's got a pretty good list of people on his team. You know, he's got a. You know, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, apparently Naib Bukele and El Salvador has invited him. Hey, you want to come up and hang out, you know, show him what he's been doing because, you know, the crime, it's, it's very, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I I hope this works out because the, you know, the worst case scenario right now is it ends up being somebody like Alan Greenspan uh, because that will, that will, that will totally discredit the ideas. I, you know, we, we need, and, and I think he needs to go out and act fast and, you know, if you want to cut 10 government agencies, you, you got to ask them to cut 20. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick, quick thing. So 
Um, tell me, because someone just mentioned here about the VP. Talk to me about her real quick. Uh, but before that, did you mean with Alan Greenspan the fact that he used to be associated with Ayn Rand, and then when he became more, you know, prominent, uh, he was just a, almost a sellout to these ideas. Yeah, he was a complete sellout. He didn't. Okay. He didn't try to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, it's, it's, you know, another thing too is we don't really have any history to learn from here. He, I mean, I don't know of any democratic country that has cut, you know, cut a bunch of programs. I mean, I think it happened to a certain extent in New Zealand uh, in, in 1983 with Roger Douglas, but you know, we can look back now where see where New Zealand is. Uh, you know, that didn't, that certainly wasn't permanent. It's a, so, you know, it, it, so, you know, I hope this works out. I, I, some people say you should, you know, maybe look to some of the Eastern Europe or the Central European people, you know, uh, leaders who cut back the government after the fall of communism or something like that. Uh, he's really, I mean, he's really, you know, going into uncharted territory here. It's a, he, he's a pioneer. And, yeah. He should look to uh, Lieberland. Yeah. They, they're yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so, yeah. uh, I, I also think with the, what, what was the final tally? Was it 56? That's the last I remember seeing something that he got 55 point something, 44 point something with okay. various, uh, I think, uh, yeah, obviously it was there. Yeah. There was. And with that amount, yeah. I, yeah. I think that that almost might Maybe protect him in yeah. a way, because yeah. uh, if you've got a, the, it's not like, you know, you won on, you know, 20%, but there was multiple yeah. candidates. So it's spread it out and you don't even have a, this is a majority. This is a, this is a true mandate, which means you go and kill him. You're going to have a, basically a civil war in this country. I would imagine. Yeah. So maybe that'll I, help I, protect him. I, I, you know, I do worry about, you know, if there's any going to be any rioting by the uh, opponents. Yeah, there were there. I saw a video, you know, of uh, Masa supporters throwing rocks at Melee supporters, uh, which, uh, which, and and things like that. All the all the rock throwing is fairly benign compared to other things, but uh, it's still not a very nice thing to do. Right. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I you know, and uh, and you know the the some of the communists uh, like Maduro and cop and you know the Cubans. Uh, they're, they're they've been funding uh, these revolutionary groups since the 70s. Yeah. Uh, stirring the pot in other other Spanish speaking uh, other South American countries, uh, whether it be the Shining Path or FARC in, in Peru or FARC in Colombia. So I, uh, you know, uh, there was an interesting tweet, you know, that Petro in Colombia sent it out and just, uh, you know, thought it was horrible that Mille got elected. And 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 Bukele saw that tweet. And obviously this was all in Spanish. He says, now say it without crying. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, really the, the, the battle has just begun really in a lot of ways. This is, this is the harder battle now. Is actually so, so with that in mind, what, what is his power? Do you know what, like the, the, the governmental structure, you know, look, president, what can they do? Yeah. I mean, is there anything, I mean, he's going to, you know, hopefully he's got all these great ideas, but if you don't have yeah. some sort of coalition or Congress, that's going to work yeah. with you, what can he do? And what are the restrictions he has on that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not really totally sure of those. I mean, some of these things are going to have to be passed through the legislature, which La Libertad Avanza does not have a majority or even close to one in the legislature. They're going to have to work with other people. Uh, I believe, uh, I believe he's giving, gave, Patricia Bullrich, some kind of job. So that's a, uh, his, uh, his, uh, VP Victor, Victoria Villarruel. Uh, she's an interesting lady. Uh, she's, uh, daughter of a veteran from the war in 
over the Malvinas and uh, she's probably more into security and stuff like that. I don't think she's necessarily a libertarian, but that could be a, that, that could, but I've heard good things about her. So, so yeah, there's definitely a, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do here. And, 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 you know, also what, what the outgoing regime tries to you know, see if they try to sabotage the success before, beforehand. Uh, yeah. One other thing that someone, I, I saw a picture of him. He was getting a, a vaccine shot. So yeah. was he obviously got the shot. Is he against mandates? How does he feel about the, the crucial uh, part of that scenario? You know, during, I, I don't, I, I don't know if he said anything specifically about mandates, but during the uh, last, the, the final debate toward the end, he talked about this coronavirus tyranny and, mm. uh, and completely said, yeah, this was horrible. So I would say he's against mandates, but I, I don't have anything specifically that he specifically said to that. These I are all very, imagine. these yeah. are all very important questions, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, know. like I even understood um, him, like gay yeah. marriage. I think he was talking about that where he's like, yeah. I would just, I don't want the state involved in these kind yeah. of decisions. So he's kind of, I mean, really the answers are Murray Rothbard-esque on, on a yeah. lot of the things that I was, I was doing, which is, I don't yeah. really know what you want to do. However, as far as forcing you to do something from the government's perspective, we're yeah. going to kind of try to stay out of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and let he me, certainly calls the left, he certainly calls the left, you know, he calls a spade a spade with regard yeah. to the left. He hates the left. You know, it's interesting too. Uh, Masa was trying to, you know, kind of, you know, getting on me late during the debate said, you're being disrespectful. And after, but it was funny too, toward, toward, after the second debate, some people were saying is, is Patricia Bregman in love with him? It was kind of, I mean, she was kind of looking at him and just like, like you know, the communist was like, you know, it, it's so, and people were making memes about that. It was, it was so funny to watch, you know, it's, yeah. What's your take on uh, like the news media here in the States that you see it and it's like, oh, he's, he's Trump-like, uh, you know, a populist. And some of the, I saw a, an article today, actually uh, Nick Gillespie had tweeted it out and it was talking about uh, to the, basically to the MAGA people. And they're like, he's no MAGA. Uh, and, and they talk about all these different things. And, and it's almost taken it from the, what I would say with the wrong perspective, which is this guy's mine is like, well, this guy's too good. He's better than Trump at these things. And so, uh, but what do you take about like hard right? He's Trump-like uh, in some of these uh, analysis. Well, well, the the left is well. The left I've known for a long time that the left is incapable of you know making any distinctions between the non-left. Yeah. Uh, for them, everybody who isn't the left is the same. Uh, so I'm not surprised. I I don't think you can. Trump did actually post a video. Congratulations to Javier Mille. But I mean, I I don't think Trump could get through a copy of Economics one in one lesson. You know, so <laughs> no. so he's certainly not going to get through the Rothbard books. You know, it's uh, so. So yeah, I, I I mean he's very knowledgeable. I, I, you know, th this is what's in interesting about Mille is he seems like a guy who would, you know, he would go, go go to one party and be able to hang out with the nerds, and then go to another party and be able to hang out with the cool kids and hang out with the jocks. Yeah, you don't get a person like this very often. I mean, I I, yeah. I think this is really re remarkable. And and if we're, if the libertarian movement is going to be successful, we've got to get personalities like Mille. Uh, I, I don't know if we've you know, we, there aren't very many of them like that. No. And, and, and by the way, yeah. that doesn't mean that you, it's a show. What that really yeah. means is that, uh, to bring interest to these ideas, you have to have a, a way of, of bringing interest to these ideas. And sometimes it's a flashy gentleman, uh, that can do so. 
Yeah. Uh, and the, and, yeah. And, yeah. And sometimes it's just those look, you know, sometimes you see them wearing a jeans and a black leather jacket. And yeah, there was another show too, some kind of talk show. And he could actually sing pretty well. You know, it's a, well, he said he was in a band. So yeah. So yeah, but he, he well, I, yeah, I, 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 I've wanted to see if we could find videos of him in a band, but we haven't found him yet. I've talked to people who know him, but yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, I've, I've been very, you know, it's been very fortunate. I've talked to some really great people. I mean, uh, you know, Axel Kaiser was talking to Ben Shapiro and he was on my, Axel was on my show, you know, but uh, yeah, I had somebody on my show and later went and talked to, talked to Ben Shapiro. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's very interesting too. I, 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 I would say that because the, conservative media in America has nothing to lose by talking to him. They can, you know, yeah, cause they, cause they wouldn't give the libertarian party that kind of positivity. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And I agree. Yeah. We got, we got to, we got to give him a chance, you know, we got to hope for the best, you know, it's a, right. you know, and I, I think, you know, there's just, you know, you look for reasons to be, I think we all want to be optimistic and we just, grab onto a reason to be optimistic. And this is a very much a reason to be optimistic. That That is so true. And, yeah. and, and it's Jeff Dice did written, and that's kind of the yeah. sentiment that I took away was, which was uh, the electorate gave him this opportunity, whether you believe he's going to be successful or not. This is a turning point that we had yeah. someone that got the, <laughs> in an overwhelming sense. My thing is like, okay, one, it's Argentina. Uh, why not? Why, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens down yeah. there. What if he it just blows this thing up in a great way? Uh, then good. If he if he screws it up or he doesn't hold to his principles, you know, it, it'll be easy for libertarians to say, oh, well, it wasn't really tried, right? <laughs> we could always do that kind of thing like the communists do uh, if he just uh, kind of backs himself off. But I think it's a great opportunity and, and it's going worldwide as far as his fame and everything. So for that, I think uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. I wanted to play you a and you can comment on that, but I wanted to play you a clip here. This is I had done a bit of a show uh, on Millet, and yeah. I played a clip of uh, of uh, McAdams. Okay, he did a spaces. Yes. So I'm gonna just play just one little portion, and then yeah. um, let me know if you can't hear it. Yeah, I've probably heard listed this, as yeah. a seeker. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Hey, Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't unmute myself. Thanks for inviting me. I think our, wives, our wives need that mute button. <laughs> oh shit! Jeff. Uh, my Sorry. brain needs it's like made it. Um, I'm going to keep it short because you do have a lot of speakers, uh, and I just want to preface it by saying it's not my place to decide what's good for Argentina, as you point out. We know very little about it, even, uh, and I'm sure Danielle knows quite a bit more than I do. But even those of us who travel there uh, know less about it. I know very little about it, so it's not my position to say whether he will be good for the country or not. In fact, I have absolutely no idea, which is why my position has always been to. Uh, to stay away from telling other countries uh, who's good and who's bad for them. Uh, but I, I will say, um, because I've seen several headlines saying, is Millet the new Ron Paul? Uh, is this the Ron Paul revolution? The answer is a categoric no. Um, the positions that he takes are categorically opposed to Ron Paul's positions, uh, particularly when you look at his foreign policy, uh, which, interestingly enough, tracks identically with the foreign policy of the U.S. foreign policy blob, the regime that runs Washington, whether you elect Democrats or Republicans. He's absolutely on message when it comes to Ukraine and Russia. He's absolutely on message when it comes to China. He calls China assassins. Uh, he says, I would never promote relations with Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, Nicaragua, or China, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. So certainly when it comes to these areas, he's no Ron Paul. Ron Paul would never say this. Uh, I do not claim to be an economist. I do know that there's a lot of concern in Washington about de-dollarization, and it seems to me that Argentina embracing re-dollarization or dollarization uh, would give some people in D.C. who are nervous about this, about the global south increasingly disconnecting from the dollar to be concerned. Um, 
uh, you know, a couple of other things. He certainly does not hate the U.S. Federal Reserve. In fact, uh, Ben Bernanke, he said, is his favorite Fed chair, not Volcker. Uh, and he was hoping that Larry Summers would take over for Bernanke when he was gone. And I'm not trying to trash the man again. Uh, you know, if, if he does a good job in, in Argentina, hats off to him. I just don't like this idea that we have to go looking for libertarian heroes. You know, we've been through that with people like Boris Johnson, with, with uh, Bolsonaro, uh, over and over again. Uh, there is no Ron Paul moment overseas. It was a very unique moment that happened in the United States. Conditions are very different. History is very different. And we can't expect to find it. And, you know, there are a lot of libertarian Trotskyites who believe we can export libertarianism as we as some people understand it here in the U.S. And I just absolutely reject that idea. And if I can say one more thing, Jeff, I'm sorry. I appreciate your uh, the accommodation of your time. And I have enormous respect for Jordan Schachtel, uh, who I think is a great analyst. But I happen to also disagree about the press coverage from what I've seen uh, of Millet. Um, yes, there are there are catchwords that are repeated every time. That's how the media works. He has to always be considered far right. You've got to put that in your article if you're going to publish it. But for example, if you look at a piece recently in the Washington Post, who is Javier Millet, Argentina, Argentina's right wing presidential frontrunner, and then you actually read the article, I would put forth that this is a very sympathetic piece, considering that they are describing someone who normally the Washington Post, Washington Post, if he were an enemy of the U.S. regime, if he were an enemy of the central bankers and the neocons, he would be presented in far different terms. Anyone who disagrees with that should go and look for a, any, any portrayal of someone like Putin or Lukashenko or Xi even or anyone else who was not part, who was not in favor of the U.S. regime. The final thing I will say is that, yes, he is a populist, and that is great, and they call him a far-right populist, but don't forget that people in D.C. and the regime, they embrace very strongly the dialectical materialism. And if you find that a populist populism is inevitable, you better jump on that horse and make sure that you guide it in the right way. So sorry for taking a lot of your. OK, so a few things. Uh, I don't know if you want to make some comments. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, again, I, you know, criticize it. You know, you, you can criticize foreign countries without, without necessarily advocating for policies for or against them. I mean. I, you know, he's often said he just wants to let businesses do what businesses do. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think I think most American libertarians can agree that North Korea is a horrible dictatorship and it's a, not really any country we should emulate. I mean, I don't know how exactly we and, you know, I mean, really, I, we probably don't have to deal with North Korea. If we don't want to. I mean, China and Russia are different stories because they're both very large countries and, and, and they're certainly not really countries that we can just ignore you know, just pretend they're not there. Uh, you know, I, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mince words. I mean, China and Russia are two of the most genocidal countries in the history of the world. I mean, Russia has been a death cult for 500 years. China has been a death cult for a thousand years. And, and if there's any sign of that changing, I hope it's going to happen, but I don't see any sign of it changing anytime soon. That doesn't mean we should cut them off, but we should certainly at least be careful in how we deal with I and, and by the way, uh, I think part of his problem, Daniel McAdams, is it's a personal yeah. thing, whereas uh, yeah. he works for Dr. Paul, who's a wonderful and sweet man. Yeah. Uh, and now you're comparing some third third country, you know, the, to him. And that's he's taken a front to that when the reality is this guy's done something. I'm sad. I'm a big Ron Paul fan, but uh, he was yeah. never elected president. So yeah, he's yeah. done something he hasn't done. Let him have his chance. Uh, in addition, I don't know if you caught that one part there, but his his he had criticism, kind of, a, and he's more explicit on Twitter, which is uh, since the um, since the news media isn't as harsh to him as they are um, Putin, as an example, therefore you shouldn't be a fan. I mean, he he explicitly said, "Oh, this is all you need to know," because Ben Shapiro liked him. 
Well, come on. I, yeah, I could that's... be a, for like uh, the, the, the people in Palestine as an example, and I don't agree with, you know, almost anything that a lot of these protesters are out there doing. I'm not standing with them. So, you know, you just put that out of your mind, Mr. McAdams. And yeah. anyway, that's kind of I, I can I can understand, you know, not trusting the Washington Post. Sure. That, that makes perfect sense. You know, uh, you know, it's a I mean, yeah, there's lots of and, you know, there, there are other people who, you know, who have been aligned with libertarians who have been uh, critical of him. I mean, there was there was a guy at the Latin American Bitcoin conference. Yeah, he spoke at the Latin American Bitcoin conference, which was in Buenos Aires. So I, I I would figure he'd be somewhat libertarian, but he's he's uh, named Carlos Maslatone, I believe, and he was going on all these rants about Mila. And I asked, said, "Who is this guy?" You know, I said, "Oh, he's nuts." You know, so uh, you know, uh, I, I know uh, I one of my first tweets about Mila, I tagged Antonella Marti, and she she blocked me uh, immediately. She's from Argentina. She's uh, spoken at Atlas Society events, and she blocked me. She wow does not like Mila uh, now. I don't think they're related, but I had Eduardo Marti, who is also from, from Argentina on. He was a great guest and really likes me. They talked a lot about what's going on there. I mean, yeah, I've had, I've had, I've gotten to know so many great people from all this. I mean, it, it, you know, I, it really makes me want to go down there, you know, and uh, had some good people, uh, you know, a, a, a good free stater who's married to, who has an Argentine wife. Uh, she was, he, he talked about his, about things going on there. And, uh, you know, I'm already, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't had anybody on yet, but I got it. I'm, I'm already arranging some discussions this week, you know, about we got to talk. We got to have a party. You know, it's a great this is a let's have a victory party and talk about Melee online. So, yeah. So, that you know, I, I you know, I would like to talk to some of these people about their concerns because they, they do have concerns. But, yeah, I, I, you know, when The Washington Post is positive about somebody, yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of skeptical too. you know, maybe he's just that, you know, maybe he's just that good at fooling them. I mean. If liberty, you know, libertarians are going to have to, you know, have useful idiots to be successful. And if we can turn some of the bad guys into our useful idiots, let's do it. I, by the way, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I've, I've written yeah. this on Substack. I've been on podcasts saying the exact same thing, yeah. which is there is at some point like RFK yeah. Jr. as an example. Why don't we use him rather than him always using us? You know, the libertarians yeah. get used. You bring someone like this in there and then, then you're excited because well, it's a big use him let's do the same here uh and and by the way it's fine to be uh excited about Millet. it's one it's it's in argentina <laughs> it's not going to yeah, necessarily affect well, you at all uh we're not down there but it's a wonderful thing that i think is happening and yeah. be skeptical uh, uh, by all means uh but don't yeah. just necessarily trash him that's my yeah, yeah it's i uh, yeah yeah you know just uh, you know I, and as i said i i don't know what Millet has access to he can't uh you know you know i, I I, I suppose he, you know, one thing too is if he if he learned English, I mean, what what kind of speaking fees would he be able to charge? I mean, I think Ron Paul charges thirty thousand. I mean, Mele could uh, certainly charge. I mean, he, you know, he, after eight years as president, he could. I mean, every libertarian conference is going to want to invite him. All I mean, all over the world. Well, not even just libertarian. Yeah. I mean, this is the interesting yeah. part is he's captivating. Uh, kind yeah. of the right wing. And by the way, I would say about the news media saying stuff. Yeah. I mean, when you're running a guy that against a socialist and he happens yeah. to be a libertarian, even the Washington Post, Washington Times, they should be able to see that this is yeah. the better person than the so because it's America, right? Even though socialist, I, I would imagine. So maybe yeah. that's part of uh, that whole thing.
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, any last comments uh, on Mr. Millet and your excitement about it? Uh, uh, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've done 130. You know, I have 130 shows uploaded. I have 23 shows about Millet. Uh, I, I, you know, I started my first show was with 80, so I've done a lot lately, and I, I've been keeping what I call my 50 show rule. I don't invite anybody back for 50 shows, so I just passed that. So I already talked to the person who came up for 80 and she's going to come on, but I shouldn't, I don't want to jinx anything, but <laughs> I've had a lot, you know, I've had a lot. I, I really think that I, you know, when I was at Liberty magazine, our, our publisher did not want to take sides with any of the factions. He wanted to try to make Liberty magazine, a, a, a magazine that all libertarians would read. And I, I hope that I, I've, I have a show that as many libertarians as possible are going to listen to. I, I've sent out. In, I've invited. I've had five of the six presidential candidates uh, of the major presidential candidates for the LP. They're all who invited. Have you, who have you had? Let me give me the list. Uh, I've had. I've had Chase. I've had Termot. I've had Lars. I've had uh, Rechtenwald, and I've had uh, who's the. Uh, I've not had Joshua Smith, but I've had Chase, Lars, Rechtenwald, Termot. Uh, who's the other one? Oh, Hornberger. Yeah, I've. Oh. I've had all them. I've, I've had some old people. I've had some young people. Uh, my, my show is prop of all the American libertarians too. I, I probably have the most international show. I've had, I, every once in a while, I just talk to some, you know, I've had, I've, I've had, a, I've had a guy from the Ayn Rand center, Armenia. I've had a guy from the, you know, their, their neighbor, you know, Georgia, as we call it, by the way, the Ayn Rand center, Armenia, that guy's put up photos of his events. One of them had 16 females and eight males. I don't know what they're doing in Armenia, but we need to copy them. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I put out a tweet with uh, uh, with Millet with his girlfriend yeah. and she's hot. And I'm like, yeah. uh, this is another reason why he's not a yeah. real libertarian. She's, uh, <laughs> she's some kind of celebrity, too. Yeah, she's a she's like, a, you know, I, I definitely she's probably I think she's a. Yeah, Fatima Flores. Yeah, she's she's definitely a some. Yeah, she's she's probably influenced his look. I mean, yeah, he's got some good. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah, because you have a, a, a good woman can help you a lot with PR. You know, I've had, <laughs> they, they do, I've, had yeah. I've had people in Poland on I've been I've been trying to get a good Russian libertarian on. But uh, none of them want to talk, which I fully understand. I've had yeah, I, I definitely have an interest in Latin America. And I've had quite a few people from South America on. So it's a uh, but yeah, I, I, even though I am in America, but you know, it's it's a worldwide movement. But gives me give, gives me a lot of nuance as to as to how things are moving you know it's a i like to talk history i mean i like to talk a lot of things i mean i've been very very fortunate it's been it's been a wonder and podcasting is i've learned a lot about myself from podcasting it's yeah. really been and you know there there are so many people out there fighting the good fights i mean uh, all the all the all the all the drama and all the, the stupid shit really just doesn't matter it it doesn't uh, that is true. And it's a great way to, to meet people, have good conversations. Yeah. So, by the way, you, you also advertise on the beginning of your show that you've wrote, you wrote a book, a novel. Yes. Uh, what's, where can people find that and uh, what's it about? Uh, it, it's, well, you can go to escapevillage.com. It's a, a sci-fi dystopian novel. I like to think of it as a, maybe a younger version of Anthem. I, I do need to get on some sequels for that though. But, you know, it's about uh, you know, it's about a world. Uh, it's a, it's kind of like the dystopian future we've all come to. I think fictional arguments are more are probably more powerful than intellectual arguments. Although, although maybe Millet is proving us wrong in that. You know, it's a <laughs> yeah. The most important thing is you you've got to do something that's cool, and Millet has definitely done uh, that. That's uh, you know, learn learn some lessons from this, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll. Uh, you know, I, I do I do you know, and I've even had friends who. Uh, 
you know, an associate of mine who had a foot, you know, one guy on my show, he managed to get a photo op of himself with Victoria Villarreal. So, you know, maybe I, 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 I will probably faint if Mele, if, if Mele's account ever follows me, I, he hasn't done that yet, but that that's definitely going to be a goal is to get a follow from him. You might have to start putting your tweets out in Spanish. So he at least uh, gets the, yeah, well, some good videos. Prob- I don't know if he's running his own social media, you know, and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and I do want to, I do want to cre- give credit to those people. I mean, Tim Moen has uh, the Canadian libertarian has had a few people talk about Mele. Uh, you know, fees had a few things on Mele. Mises Institute has Cato has, uh, you know, uh, Olga Maria, Latina libertarian. She's, she's been on top of Mele. Martha Bueno, uh, who's in Florida. She's, she's really been on top of this. You know, she's lived in Cuba and Venezuela or she's lived in Venezuela and her mom is from Cuba. So she's, yeah. she, she's fluent in Spanish. There's, there's a, a lot of good people are what, talking about this. It's I, and I've got, and I've certainly gotten more attention because of this Mele coverage. Although that's not the only thing I've talked about. I've, I've had some good people. I've had some good Bitcoiners on. I've had the, yeah, it's, it's, but it's been, it's been wonderful. And I really, I really got more excited once all this stuff had, cause I, cause I did, done a lot of work with it, yeah. I did 25 shows in September. And as I said, all, almost everybody in, uh, says an enthusiastic yes, when they want to talk about me. Like, yeah. It, it, other, other topics have really been hard to get people to talk about, but not me. It's been easy to get people to talk about me. Yes. Well, so. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a bunch of your podcasts. So I would encourage everyone to go check yeah. that out. By the way, the, the dystopian, uh, I just watched, I did this uh, a watch along with alongside night. I don't know if uh, Shulman. Uh, yeah. If, uh, yeah. Jay Neal Shulman rest his soul. Yeah. I got yeah. to meet him. Yeah. We, we need, we need more. We, yeah. We, we've lost it's some of our movie. libertarian novelists. We need more. We need more. I, I don't want to judge. You know, I haven't read the book, so I'm not going to judge the movie. It's, it's hard to say it's, well, the movies good. usually don't work. The book's good. The, yeah. the acting and the production. I yeah. watched it more like a Mr. Science 3000 type of thing. Yeah. We're going to do that with Jones Plantation, yeah. but yes. um, they did Jones ask me Plantation's to wait. Good, yes. They asked me uh, to wait about know, eight months before. I, I will that. say, I will say that the, uh, the, the, they did a great job on, on a remastering of We the Living, uh, which was oh, Ayn, okay. Rand's, uh, Ayn, Ayn Rand's first novel, which yeah. they actually, uh, the fascists got a hold of it and made it into a movie as being anti-communist and they did it and they, and they were very true to the movie. It's a, it's about three hours long, but it's, 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 it's well done. Yeah. So okay, well, that's, check that. that's, and, and you watch, you'll watch it with subtitles, of course, but yeah. And, and you, I've gotten used to watching things with subtitles because yeah. I've watched all of Mele's debates with subtitles. Yeah, sure they don't, they don't, you know, they don't come up immediately. I don't know if it takes a while for YouTube to generate them, but like a day later, the subtitles will be up. So mm. I'll just put, and sometimes Mele, uh, that will they'll translate it as my law instead of <laughs> just remembering that that's the guy's name it's because yeah. me that's, is my m i is my and l and l e i is apparently law so yeah no that's good to know yes. uh, so uh we'll, we'll we'll probably keep this uh in mind um you and i'll be connected i'm sure and if i need to bring you back for some updates we will definitely do that but i would encourage everyone to go follow you on twitter fountainhead forum uh chris baker uh, yeah. you're obviously your podcast, good yeah. stuff there. I really yes. appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Uh, oh. we're hopeful for Melee. What else you got? It's, and then we'll head It's up. Fountainhead FM on Twitter because I couldn't go all the way. So gotcha. I had to gotcha. shorten it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I work, yeah. Yeah. I have my novel. I have a, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a domain right, right now. I've got, I'm on Odyssey, YouTube, BitChute, Rumble. I do need to get on some more sites. I'm, I need, there's a, still a lot of things I need to do, but lately I've, there's just been so much to talk about. I've just been producing content and I, I, I you know, I'd like to be, somebody like Lex Friedman. I want to have good detailed conversations. That, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I want them to be things that stand the test of time, but this was, 
you know, it helps when it's something I want to talk about and it's something, and this is good clickbait. People want to talk about it. People right. want to know what's going on. It's, right. it's been, it's been a wonderful adventure. I'm, I appreciate everybody who's helped me out too with it too. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you I, coming I got on a playlist here well. just for me. Like, yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. Playlist, I'll put the playlist and and all your links should be in our, our stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. I appreciate you once again. Uh, I hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving. You too, Chris. Yes, uh, have so a good hang- Thanksgiving and all the presidential candidates need to adopt Melee's hairdo. Uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, and, right. and, and carry a chainsaw. So thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Right. So I appreciate it. Uh, you can hang on yeah. in the back in the back. Uh, we're just gonna have a, a excessively I, I long outro, you. but everyone, thanks. See you bye. Yes, thank you. Okay, I'm leaving now. Bye guys. But she's back. And now Chick-fil-A is completely overrated. It's not that good. I prefer Zaxby's, I prefer Popeyes. Takes a tough man to make a tender forecast, Nick. And I guess that's me. Keep fucking that chicken. For, should I vote for Dick Cheney on the Libertarian Party? Do I yes. have an obligation to vote for Dick Cheney? I would say so. Yes. Did it work for those people? <laughs> no, it never does. I mean, these people somehow delude themselves into thinking it might, but... But it might work for us. That one dude was like, not a podcast, I can't find it anywhere, and they don't have video. <laughs> oh, yeah, Peter Janky, yeah. Easy. Yeah, I blocked him. I'll do it. If he unblocks me, I'll... I'll... He'll buy your shirt if you unblock him, Bert. He's a wigger. Yeah, nothing cooler than so a 49-year-old wigger. Like... Yeah, I just started I live streaming. Cut me some slack. I'm fucking... I'm pretty high-tech for a boomer. Uh, but anyways... I'm a boomer. I...